A recent study released in August of this year noted that 39% of American workers, that's 68 million people, are planning on changing the timing of their retirement. What are the reasons for making that decision and how should you address them if you are also thinking about changing your retirement date? John Conley and I discuss that on this episode of After the Paycheck. Welcome to After the Paycheck, the series dedicated to helping people to and through their retirement process. This week, I am here with John Conley, partner here at Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners. Always a pleasure to be here with you, Adam. I'm glad to have you. This week, we are going to discuss a topic that we, we when this article that came out in August, we both saw it and said, okay, wow, this is really interesting and something we should discuss with a lot of people yeah. that are currently talking to you in, in, in the firm and everything. There are people that have with everything going on in the world right now, are reassessing when they need to retire or when they think they need to retire. Sure. Yeah, that Forbes article, I believe it said, what, 39% of people polled are, are changing their retirement date. Right. And, you know, that amounts to, what, 68 million people we read, yeah. which is a lot of people. Right. And it kind of falls in with a lot of the questions that we're getting from people who listen to our radio show right. or who come into the office. It seems to be a concern that most people are having. Right. It seems like the reasons that they these people had to reassess their, their retirement date, their planned retirement date, is because they had to dip into their savings. Either they got later for their jobs and they can't contribute to the 401ks anymore, sure. or there's just uncertainty about what benefits are going to be available to them in the near, in the near future. Uh, big concerns. Yeah. So I guess that's the, the what we want to discuss today is kind of really address if you're somebody who is within that 10-year you know, window of retirement, if you are thinking, oh, man, I think I do have to push back my retirement, uh, what are the reasons why you might be thinking that? And how are, how are you able to address that and overcome those, I don't want to say reasons or excuses, but some of those, you know, concerns that they might have heading into retirement? Sure. Cool. So what, do you, what would you say are like the, the three reasons why somebody might feel less confident about their retirement situation? Well, especially this day and age uh, with COVID and the, the economy and the market, we have an election coming up that will have an effect on the economy as well. And I think people are uncertain where in the first quarter of 2020, um, COVID happened and the market corrected itself. And I think people's savings, their retirement accounts took a big hit. And, you know, that they made them realize how fast things can turn. Um, not everything goes up. We've been on a nice little run for a few years here. Right. So I think it kind of made people realize that or make them feel weaker or vulnerable, so to say. And... I, I think some people are considering pushing off retirement because maybe they haven't saved enough. Uh, maybe they would maybe taking on too much risk, trying to catch up, trying to take on risk, get higher returns to make up for some of those years that they might not have been contributing enough to their retirement. And then when it corrected, it hurt them even more so. Right, okay, they were right. taking on too much risk. And then I think some people are just un, un, they're unsure of where they stand. Right. They don't have a plan in place. They don't have an advisor. They might be a great saver and contributing to their 401k, but they might not have a plan in place that shows them that they can retire with confidence. And that, you know, that's important to have that plan. So let's, let's get into that, that, that creating that plan or understanding, okay, well, here's the steps I need to get to kind of that knowing what I need to do next. And I think one of the first things we have to discuss is understanding understanding what your costs are going to be in retirement, right? Sure. Like anytime you're doing retirement planning, you want to kind of get an indication of 
what are your expenses going to be in retirement? Right. How do I foresee myself spending retirement? Am I down in Florida for six months? Or am I just up here spending time with the grandkids and going to all their sporting events and all their events and maybe not be a snowbird down in Florida? Right. But you want to get a good idea of what your expenses are going to be and where's your income going to come from. Mm -hmm. And is there a gap there between the two? How are we going to fill that gap? Uh, you know, back in the day, there used to be the three-legged stool that we talk about all the time. And one of the legs of the stool was a pension. People would get a pension. The other leg was Social Security. Right. And then the third leg of that, that stool was what you saved and your withdrawals from that savings made up that third leg. Well, today, pensions are almost a thing of the past. Right. Social Security, which we'll talk about, is in question. So that puts more of an onus on your savings and your investments. That has to be, you know, that's going to be paramount of how much you saved and how much you have to count on to withdraw from your portfolio. What's a way that I can, if I am someone nearing retirement, I need to calculate those expenses? Like what, what are some things I also need to consider? Like not just, like you said, like monthly income, but you said inflation and, and, and stuff like that. There's yeah. cost of living advantages and stuff like that. Is there... Is there uh, like a, something that I can just do today to just sit down? Or I guess it really is just sitting down. Sit, and we've said this in previous episodes. Yeah, you sit down. You take a look at what I think most people make a mistake. And I, I met an individual the other day, and he thought he was on easy street to retirement in two to three years. And when we really crunched the numbers and we went through our process with him, it wasn't as rainbows as he thought it was. The individual forgot to take inflation into consideration. Right. So in his, just in an easy example, he had a million dollars. He needed 80 grand to live on. He was going to collect 40,000 between him and his wife from Social Security. So the way he looked at it was, I only need 40,000 from my million each year, which is a 4% rate of return, just to take 4% off the top, keep principal alive, okay. or protect the principal. But he didn't take in taxes, he didn't take in inflation, so that forty thousand today might be fifty-five thousand in ten years. That's a much different withdrawal rate now. It's five and a half percent plus you owe taxes on that withdrawal. So then all of a sudden it was your portfolio has to work a little bit harder than you think it think it does. Do you think us discussing this right now, like you said, this person thought he was on Easy Street? Oh, I know I only need my portfolio to do four percent every year to in, to maintain my lifestyle in retirement. Sure. Do you think that contributes to part of that? You know those those. 39% of Americans that are saying, like, maybe I should keep working for three to five years because I'm not considering this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, he was on the flip side. He thought he was fine to stay on his target. Right. Um, other individuals are saying, if I retire now, so let's take an individual who might be looking to retire in the next year or two. Right. This is a difficult time to be retiring, right? Right. So if you have the ability to continue to work, you feel more comfortable of receiving a paycheck, a salary, versus stop working live on a fixed income, social security, and any withdrawals from your portfolio, that means your portfolio is now having to work for you in an uncertain time, right? We're seeing volatility. Right. So there's a thing called sequence of returns. So if the market's going down your first two or three years in retirement and you're making withdrawals in that time period, right. well, that's a different scenario than if the market was going up for two or three years and you're making withdrawals. Right. So some people are concerned about coming down that home stretch today in such uncertain times 
they're thinking maybe it might be better for me to just continue working. Right. Use my salary versus my savings. Are there, so what would be a reason why it wouldn't be a good idea for me to keep working three to five years? I, there's, I, I look at it, there's no real clear cut reason why you should work and not work, so to say. Okay. Um, I think if you can continue to work and you might not have saved enough, you should continue to work or allow your money to maybe recoup what it lost in the first quarter of this year. Um, it's a case-by-case case situation. Um, okay. But I think if you haven't saved enough or you're concerned about the volatility, you should continue to work. Okay. If you can. If okay. you want to. You know, one thing I realized when working with our clients is when they finally are financially independent and they can retire and we've met their goals of, hey, today is the day. You, you're officially, you, you can retire if you really wanted to. More often than not, some people say, you know what? I'm going to continue working. It's not heavy lifting. Um, I'd rather use my salary, reverse my savings. Feels good knowing I can go to work tomorrow and I could walk out the door. <laughs> I don't need the job, so the job doesn't become this this weight that is wearing you down right. like your early years when you're working because yeah. you have to. Now it's a choice. Okay. So it makes going to work a little bit easier. Okay. So if I am unsure if I need the job or if I want the job, how do I determine that? Having a plan. Having a plan. Understanding where you are on this journey. If you're five to ten years away from retiring and you don't have a plan, create a plan. Get an understanding where you are so that we can make the necessary adjustments that have an immediate impact on your overall picture down the road. Because mm -hmm. we, you know, it's like going to a doctor's office. Um, early detection is best, right? Right. So if you're not on the right path and you're five to ten years out, we can make changes that will get you back on path, correct? But if you come in a year or two before you were hoping to retire and you realize I'm nowhere near where I should be, then it's kind of more difficult, right? So get a plan in place. Understand where you are. Find out what's good, what's bad, and what, what changes need to be made. Okay. So you're making the, the, the distinction between you might still want to work for three to five years, but if you're not, but you, that doesn't mean you should delay on having some sort of an exit plan for your, yeah. for, for your retirement. Like if you haven't saved enough already, what is your change going to be that is going to make you all of a sudden be ready to retire in three to four years other than just, oh, I'm upping my, my contributions, right? Yes. If you don't know how much you actually need. And you, and you don't understand how much you got to save between now and then. What's the average return I need to get to where I want to get to? Right. You're just kicking the can down the road by practicing maybe the same bad habits or behaviors that you had before. Yeah. But working with a, an advisor and helping you, someone who's on the same team as you, is saying, hey, this is what we need to save on a yearly basis. This is the rate of return that you need okay. to get you to that end game. Yep. Just because you want to stop working in three to five years doesn't mean you can't. <laughs> right. Okay? But on the flip side, if we do things right, maybe you can retire sooner than you were hoping to. Right. What about uh, people who are opting to work longer because they don't think they're going to have uh, certain government uh, beneficiaries? Yeah. Or, Benefits, yeah. Benefits, yeah. So when you, you know, that's a big concern everyone has. Right. And you, you keep reading about Social Security right. and, and, you know, how much strain it's under, right? You know, what happens with Social Security is that in the trust fund today, there's enough money in there to pay 
the benefits until 2035, 2037, different studies show different things. But it will pay enough of the benefits until 2037, then when the reserves in the trust runs up. Okay. At that point in time, the benefits might actually be reduced by 26%. Okay. So that's a concern that a lot of people have that are living on a fixed income once you stop working is that is one of the big legs of that retirement stool that we right. talked about. So all of a sudden, your Social Security could get hit by a 26% loss of income. Right. How do we make up that? Okay. So when you work with someone and you have an advisor, they'll show you that this is what your Social Security looks like today. But let's also take into consideration 2035, 2037, in that range, let's reduce that Social Security by 25% in your income. And what effect does that have moving forward? Right. It's going to put more strain on your savings that you have to draw more from. Or it might have to, you might have to alter your, your plans. Um, maybe I work longer. Maybe I um, don't spend as much. Right. So let's kind of get that moving and, and looked at prior to making any decisions of when you want to retire. How often when you sit down with somebody, when you're like, hey, you know, it looks like if we run these scenarios, your probability of success in retirement is like 80%. But if we make these small tweaks, you'll be 100. Do you get a lot of pushback from people when they're like, no, nah, I need to have my monthly subscription to, you know, Boy Scout magazine or whatever it might be like? I, I think as you get older, uh, you start to realize that you can go without, right? Yep. And what I try to tell my clients before they retire, and we're coming down that nitty gritty, like we're there, we know we're there. Yeah. But you know, anytime I have to drive, like I'll use my parents as an example. They had to drive somewhere that was uncomfortable for them or somewhere mm-hmm. they didn't go all that often. They used to take the Saturday and drive out to wherever they were going for Thursday to get a dry run. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I would say dry run's not a bad idea. It makes you more comfortable with it. So before you retire, why don't we take a dry run on spending? Let's start practicing your spending habits. Let's, okay. If all of a sudden you're, make, you're spending 80 grand a year today and your retirement goal was when I stop working, I'm only going to have to spend 60,000. Well, let's start practicing that. Let's, where are we going to cut things out? Right. How are you going to, can you live like that? Is it comfortable for you? Let's do a dry run before you officially kind of kick the can and, and call it quits, cold turkey. Right. So to me, it sounds like if I am someone who is in this boat of like, hey, I was hoping to retire within the next five years, but I'm not sure, so I might have to work another three, before I really commit to any of those things, some actions items I can take from this is to really sit down and figure out what my current budget needs are, sure, what my essential expenses are going to be, and what my lifestyle expenses are, and then really map out what I'm going to need per month. And that that doesn't really take into account inflation and inflation, stuff like that. Inflation, right taxes, and, and then you have to look at longevity, right? How long do you think you're going to live for? You know, I have clients that come in and say, oh, I'm, I'm only going to live to 84. And they're <laughs> like, seven, and they're 72. So I'm like, well, I hope you live longer than 84, but I'm not going to project that you're going to die at 84. So let's run this out to 95. Right. If it works, the plan works. If you're living to 95, it will work if you pass away at 84. Right, right. So let's not project that you're going to pass away at a young age. Let's look at it longevity-wise. Right. Because if all of a sudden we plan you pass away at 84 and you don't, well, then we're in pro- <laughs> we have trouble. And also people change their spending habits in retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, what you spend today doesn't necessarily what you're going to continue spending in the future. Most people do spend less 
but let's not project that we're going to spend less, but you end up spending less things. You don't want to go out to dinner as much. Travel becomes a little bit more of a pain, a pain in the rear yep. end. So you, you do alter your spending, but when you work with an advisor and you sit down and you have an annual review, alter that. Let's change your spending habits to reflect what's really happening. Or you might actually spend more in the early years versus the later years. So let's build that into the plan. Right. Some of my clients say, hey, I want to travel a lot in my first 10 years. So let's build that in that balloon payment of travel into your plan. So they're sort of counted for. Right. So that actually is the next part of my what I think would be my action item. So I'm creating that, that initial budget, uh, mm-hmm. essential and lifestyle expenses. Kind of think about what it is I want to do in my first few years of retirement. Do I want to either sit, travel, spend more time with family, friends, whatever it may be, and uh, factor that into what is going to be your expenses, right? So you have an additional expenses on top of what your initial thought of what your expenses are. And then try to start to map that out. You know, okay, if I'm going to be doing this and not have an end age in date, but realize like, okay, is the amount I'm going to have going to last sustain is going to sustain for multiple years sure you know it's just hey i'm gonna slide into the grave you know with pennies in my pocket you know right before i go (laughs) but on the flip side like the a positive of doing this so let's say we go through the process and you're hoping to retire in five to six years and we go through the process and we realize you're well on your way you've done a great job saving you're a fantastic saver you've gone without you sacrificed so your spending needs are, are in line with what you saved. But then we go through your portfolio and we realize that you're trying you're being super aggressive right. and you're trying to hit the home run all the time when you've already won the game. Right. So why do why do we want to be so aggressive when all you want to do is get on first base? You don't need a home run. Right. So then you can alter your risk tolerance based on where you are today. Right. So yeah. you but if you haven't saved enough now, you might have to be a little bit more aggressive than what you're comfortable with, but that's the situation you're in. But on the flip side, why be aggressive when we don't have to be? Right, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the analogy would be, yeah, if you're, you're already on third base because over the years you've hit so many singles and doubles and everything that you're, you're ready to hit home. Yeah. All you need is a single to bring you home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, I like that. That's a good analogy. Um, so, I guess, so that would be the third step in the action item is once you have these kind of rough numbers or you have your portfolio and everything – Take it to somebody, a professional, who can actually dissect all of this and run plans and say, hey, here's where we can make sure you are going to be successful. Or here's where we need to make some tweaks to ensure that you have a greater chance or a greater probability of success in retirement. Absolutely. You want everyone to retire with confidence. Right. That when you finally turn in that pink slip and say, I'm done, you're comfortable. You're, you're ready. You're, you're, you're confident that you don't have to go back to work and that it's not going to alter and change and you're going to lose so much money that you have to go back to work yeah your plan should be in alignment with your risk tolerance what you're trying to accomplish and you should always retire with confidence yeah you get to retire because you want to not because you have to exactly yeah awesome john thank you thank you very much for covering this i know that this is a weird topic where everyone's wondering when they can retire not oh should i push out my retirement so kind of yeah, it's timely. You, you got a lot of different people with a lot of different concerns where the companies they work for, they might have made the person a part-time employee. So yeah. now they're not contributing as much as they used to to their 401k because all of a sudden their 
work has changed. They're not working. They're not earning as much. Right. Maybe the company changed the rules in the 401k. They're not matching because the company's not on solid footing right now. Right. So there's a lot of different moving parts here, and a lot of people have a lot of concerns. And I, I, I encourage everyone to reach out, talk to an advisor. There's no such thing as a foolish question. Right. Um, seek advice. Get advice. You know, I always say measure twice, cut once. Double and triple check everything. Get an understanding of where you are today. And it's important to have somebody who's not emotionally attached to everything to have, uh, not a say in it, but to, to bring stuff to your attention that you might not have been aware of you know, previously. Yeah. You're so emotionally hot because you got cut to part-time yeah. or maybe you know, your company got bought out or whatever. You know, and I talk about discipline a lot. I always right. say you got to have discipline in these uncertain times. This yep. is where discipline is, is crucial and paramount. We have to be disciplined during these times. We don't want to make long-term decisions based on something that's short-term. But at the same point in time, you don't want to put your head in the sand and say, um, it will come back. Well, it might take a while for it to come back. What are we doing in the meantime to minimize any type of losses or take advantage of the run-up or the recovery when it does happen? Right. Um, so discipline is key. And like you said, don't let the emotions get in the way. Right. Awesome. John, thank you very much. You're welcome. My pleasure. It's my favorite part of the job here. Because we have that on record. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have any questions for John or anyone here at Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, feel free to fill out a, fo- a form at afterthepaycheck.com. If you're not already subscribed to episodes of After the Paycheck, you can do that at afterthepaycheck.com as well, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for After the Paycheck. Until next time, take care.